and you're back listening to another episode of Laugh With Me, a Joke Daddy production with your host, Joe. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned in to another episode of Laugh With Me. I'm so excited that you've joined us for yet another episode. Thanks for your continued support. Remember, if you are enjoying any of the content that you are hearing, on the Joke Daddy Networks. Please don't be afraid to give us a share, give us a like, tell a friend, tell your mom. Maybe don't tell your mom. You know what? That's a bad idea. Let's just forget I said that. Anyways, let's just get right into it. This week's episode features my good buddy, local comedian, Kill Tony Gold Ticket, Golden Ticket winner, Todd Royce. And we're back. Welcome to another week of Laugh With Me. I am your host, Joe, and uh, you are listening to a Joke Daddy production. On this week's episode, we've got one of my very good buddies, a comedian that I've actually uh, hit the road with, which I can't say that uh, about very many people. And I'm really glad for the experiences that, that we've been able to share together. So I've been looking forward to getting this guy in the studio for a long time. Uh, please welcome Todd Royce. Hey! How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for showing up. Hey, dude. Thanks for having me here in the studio. I like it. It's romantic, isn't it? I was going to use the word romantic. Yeah. Uh, in that saw-like way. Exactly. Yeah, I like it. Glad it stopped raining because we're not taking on water. Which is always good. Um, Kevin uh, Eggleston, I always ruin his name, was here yesterday and he wore shorts. I could tell because the chair is feeling <laughs> a little lower to the floor. No, he took digs at you too. Like, did he? Then he what? did. He did. Yeah. So this is great. I'm, I'm glad I had you guys back to back. I was going to bring you it's both. It's very in. rare for us to be back to back because there's too much. It's like back fat to back fat. Yeah. I was going to have you both in, but I just didn't have the room. Sure. Well, you know, it was. There's clubs that don't have the room. <laughs> How do you identify yourself? As a like, male. As a male. You yeah. identify I'm as he, a him. him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my preferred uh, adjectives are robust and ample. That's a bit. I. Okay, just see, did a joke. Thanks, thanks for doing it. No, I, I, I wanted you to do that so bad. I love that, and I hate the fact that I couldn't think of that, um, which is most of everything that I think, because I'm like, eh, I can't think of shit. I don't remember shit. The first several times I did that joke, I was like, and my preferred adjectives are big and fat. <laughs> like I couldn't remember the actual words that I had. You're like, almost there. <laughs> yeah, almost it, it. It's getting there. I'm working it out on the stage right now. <laughs> when was the first time you did that one? Because I feel like I had seen you do that. Do I've seen you perform many times. And then I think you just kind of dropped it. Yeah, I, it was it was sort of newer, I guess. Like I think it's 2020 at least. Like I think maybe January or February of 2020 I started that one. So when we were in Oregon? That, that was probably the first time you saw me do it. I, but yeah, I bet yeah. that's true. Was that a Kelly's? Kelly's were you Olympian? at the Kelly's Olympian? Yeah. Is that so the, we, I've only done Portland like twice. Were you there when that guy wanted me to watch his set? Okay, so... This <laughs> at is the, Kelly's? Yeah, this is the weirdest thing. So okay. I go up, uh, a friend of mine, Lucas and I, uh, were there, and... Uh, I did my set. It was like a five-hour open mic. Like it was really. I was. I was like maybe twelfth on the list, but it was like four hours in. Uh, I go up. It's a very popular mic. It is, and and I see why too, because like the the audience was small. I mean, the building's small though, so it's like a, yeah. a tiny room. Yeah. Tiny audience, but they were there. There were. It feels like a theater. Absolutely. The stage is great. There's an upper level. Yep. And I had done a show there like a couple of months before oh. that. 
Huh? Like an actual paid show where it was like comedy and music and um paid talent. Yeah. On Joke Daddy Productions. Right here. This is uh, how that's far the, I've fallen. That's the, the caliber. Panda. That's how far I've climbed. <laughs> is what he meant to say. That's <laughs> what a lot of women have said. They've pointed at me and they said that's how far I've climbed. Uh that needed oxygen. <laughs> um no, so I go up and it's a fine set, <laughs> as I always call my my set. It's a fine set, <laughs> and then like we're about to leave because we're trying to do the thing. Uh, you saw this too. The thing that was great about Portland is that you could do three or four yeah. mics in a night. They they have a really good scene. They had a really good they, scene. Hopefully, it's still there yeah. when all this clears up. But uh, this guy comes up to me before we leave and he's like, "Hey, uh, he's like, uh, you're Todd," and I was like, "Yeah." And he goes, uh, "Can you watch my set?" He's like, "I'd love to hear what you think of it." Yeah. And you know, like I'm uh, kind of big time, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, kid, I'll watch you." And yeah, he my goes, cup, uh, "My cup's a little low, <laughs> by the way." <laughs> and I'm sitting there, I'm like, "Okay, what's this guy gonna bust out that he wants me to listen to?" Right? Yeah. And so he goes up on stage, and by the way, you how, know, you how long did he make you wait? It was like the he was like the next one. It okay, was like, it thank was God. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. You made you wait like another two <laughs> hours like, yeah. for his three minutes. I'm the last comic going up. You've seen my stuff. I don't do a lot of pol- political stuff. So the fact that he went into politics was a little surprising to me, but especially because his whole thing was he started talking about what a uh, how much how how bad can we cuss on this show? Do you? Oh no, you're good. Yeah, go ahead. So his first opening line was, "Boy, Hillary Clinton's a real fucking cunt." Isn't oh, she? you're gonna say the c word? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna use explicit cuss words. <laughs> well, I mean, um, so he, about Hillary, dude, and that's he. His whole like three minute set. I'm not even joking. At one point, he was dancing around the stage, going Hillary's a con, Hillary's a con, <laughs> and that was it. There was no attempt at a joke. At the very end of it, he said, uh, he said, "Oh, and I hope Elizabeth Warren gets breast cancer." Wow. And I was like, it, there was dead silence. What? I was like, what? <laughs> me and me and uh, Lucas just turned around and walked out at the very end of a set. Didn't even talk to the guy. But I just couldn't help but think, and I still wonder, why did he want me to see that? Do you remember his name? No. I mean, he might need to be like on a watch list. I, like, mean, I feel like he's starting his manifesto. <laughs> I mean, you don't go in front of especially well, in especially Portland, Portland exactly. <laughs> I think that I think that what happens, and I and I, I see this actually in, in a lot of. Uh, uh, local comics, not just local to us, but I think everywhere. You see people like uh, a Tim Dillon or someone like that, who I personally think is a fucking genius. But you see a lot of these guys, and they say these really extreme wild things as rants, and it's not your traditional joke. And I think that a lot of people think that they're going to do that, but they don't have the talent to do that and make it be funny. Right. So, I, th- I mean, that's the best I can hope for. Unless this guy was just trying to put it out there in the universe that he wanted Elizabeth Warren to get breast cancer. Yeah. Uh, which hopefully that wasn't the case. But, um, yeah. Unfortunately. It might have been. It, yeah. You, you, you never know what you're going to get at an open mic, and mm. which, which is a blessing and a curse at, at the same time. Um, you know, people always ask me, you know, can I come to your open mic? Yeah. I was like, I'd rather you not. Do you really get people asking that? I did. I'm yeah, still pretty new. Well, I would, I, I would always get that, too. And then when there was one that came up. I would be like, hey, we got an open mic coming up. And they're like, great, yeah, I got the kids. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you always have kids. You're a parent. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that means. No, but I really want to come. Yeah. Yeah. You got to give me more time. I was like, okay, well, I'll be there in two weeks. Yeah. Ah, okay, we'll see. It's like, just say you're not coming. Yeah. I, that's fine. Like, No, I've had a lot of people show up. I had a lot of great support. And I wish I would have known in the very beginning, like, no. You can come if you want. Support open mics. Support local comedians. Don't come to see me. Right. 
Come and have a good time, and if I say something funny, great. But open mics are just so weird, and especially when you're just getting started. Um, it's yeah, that's that's a weird thing to do. And I know I, I had some people. Where I was like, dude, you should totally come. And now it's like, would you please come? I've gotten better. Well, see, and that's <laughs> yeah, and that's the weird. thing. I gotta make it up to you. When I first started out, and I was just doing open mics, I was always, you know, people were always asking me, and I'd always say, don't. Don't come, because to me, open mics were always, like, training. You wouldn't ask someone, like, when I when I was doing wrestling for all those years, when I first started out, I started out training. I never yeah. invited anyone to come watch me train, but then when I started doing actual shows, I wanted people to come see that. Yeah. And the same thing with comedy, but then it's like, as soon as I started actually doing actual shows, that's when I started getting the people saying, no, nah, can't make it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is tough, and... That's uh, that's actually a good uh, segue um, into why you're on the show. It's because I want to know, I want to know the whys. You know, I want to know um, why comedy. Uh, I, I just, I love it. I love, I love performing. I don't know why. I had this in my head for years that you couldn't chase both pro wrestling and comedy at the same time. I have no idea why. Because a lot of people would say that pro wrestling is nothing but a joke. Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this thing that I did for 18 years of my life. No, uh, but no, but seriously, there's a lot of... They uh, haven't even heard about that yet. Well, a lot of... True. A <laughs> lot of... Uh, I just assume everyone knows me because my ego's that big. Um, a lot of wrestling... Uh, a lot of wrestlers have gone on to stand-up, and they, they kind of do the same thing. They kind of do it both at the same time. I didn't think that that was a good idea. Um, so I was always going back and forth between the two. Wound up chasing wrestling first, blah, blah, blah. Uh, failed miserably at it, and then um, so then I was like, well, fuck it, I gotta at least try stand-up, and just, I mean, absolutely fell in love with it. Like, I, How long ago? When did you start doing comedy? Almost three years ago. Three years. And you were still wrestling at the time? Yeah, I had my last, uh, I had my last wrestling match, my official last wrestling match in September of 2019. So, I met you of uh, 2019. Yeah. I was really, like, impressed. Like, you really knocked my socks off, and... As a as a young co- comic who is just getting started, anybody who could deliver their set as flawlessly as it seemed you did that night. Oh. Now, now I know that's all just a ruse. <laughs> right. right? Yeah. No, we don't know. <laughs> You've seen, I've seen you do far worse, far more often, and and better. <laughs> no, but I was like, wow, this guy is great. And then I see you a couple more times. Then I find out you're a freaking wrestler, bro. I'm like, what the hell, like. This guy is like, I, I got a buddy Lane. He's done some comedy with us too, and he, he podcasts. Lane, I know who exactly you're talking Lane about. Lane Harwood, yeah, yeah. He's a big wrestling fan. I, I huge wrestling. Yeah, fan. I, I was actually my my sister and brother in law for my birthday uh, last year bought me a ticket because the WWE was doing a pay per view at Tacoma. Yeah. And so they got me that, and uh, I was standing there, and it had been you know at different times throughout my wrestling quote unquote career. If I go to a WWE event, I get recognized from the local wrestling fans. That's uh, really cool. And uh, and Lane came up to me, and I didn't realize I didn't recognize him. Like I, I don't know if I'm just a dick or you know I do have you know mental problems getting hit in the head with steel chairs yeah. for years. We'll do that yeah. to you. This isn't traumatizing, is it? Like sitting a on little these? bit. It's okay. a little bit. I didn't think about the triggers. <laughs> My bad. But he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, you're Todd, right?" He's like, "I saw you at Shaka Bra," and like as soon as he like left. I texted my wife, and I was like, I just got recognized for comedy! <laughs> and then come to find out, like, oh, no, we just do the same open mics. <laughs> Those are two industries. Like, when I got into comedy, there's no, like, handbook. There's no, like, like Disney, like, so you'd like to be a comedian, <laughs> you know? Well, there are, but they're shitty. 
Like Judy Carter's uh, comedy bible? Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> you want to waste 13 bucks. <laughs> I haven't heard of that Oh one. my god, really? it's terrible. Okay. Yeah, uh, one of her first rules is don't ever talk about you personally. They don't know you. They don't care about you. That's kind of the magic is <laughs> right. bringing them that connection. Yeah. That's how you... No, granted, I think it was written back in, like, the 80s, so it was very, you know, observational comedy. I think she was, like, you know, this is on the wave of Seinfeld and stuff like that, so maybe it was a little bit more prevalent then, but definitely not now. What is the deal with that sort of comedy? I just don't, <laughs> I just don't see it. So, so you wrestled for 18 years. Independent wrestling. Okay. Which basically, I mean, it just, it basically, it's, it's, I guess it would be, if you put it into comedy terms, open mic is training, which, the training in wrestling is fucking tough and it's it's a nightmare to me to understand that nowadays when they train wrestlers they do it very lightly because we were put through the ringer we were beat to shit um literally like i was bleeding and bruised and, and all that sort of stuff but it's it's a matter of having to toughen up because the ring's not fun to land in no the rope the top rope almost knocked me out once when i hit it and it snapped off my shoulder and hit me in the back of the head so hard people that... don't realize how <clears throat> strong those are how heavy they are the the amount of pull and pressure that right behind those yeah i boxed oh okay yeah exactly so, so i actually have the same <clears throat> analogy about open mics but it's training. exactly boxing, it's training don't come to the gym you don't want to see me do that right do a jumping jacks exactly um i definitely don't want to see well, i kind of want to see you do jumping jacks nude there's a lot of but, clapping yeah. Not with my hands. <laughs> I tried to do that as a joke once. It didn't work. I was like, I was like, my wife got a... You gotta do it on TikTok. You'll get... I mean, I know you're a big deal on TikTok. I don't want to jump the shark. We got TikTok on the list. I'm a, I'm a big... I'm glad because I wanted... To, uh, there's something about, about that that uh, I gotta tell you because it's okay. funny. But, uh, no, I, I tried that once. It didn't work at all, so I'll just burn it here. Uh, <clears throat> I said, like, during the pandemic, I uh, my wife got mad at me for masturbating in the living room. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she said, I heard you. And I was like, no, I was doing jumping jacks. <laughs> and it didn't really land. But but so, yeah, so independent wrestling would be sort of like, uh, I don't think that this is an insult, but it would be like a Casey McClain level. Like someone who is going out and doing shows and getting paid, but not enough to where they're just constantly on the road. Um, that's sort of what independent wrestling okay. is. That's, so that's where I was for 18 years. Okay. Was it worth it? Yes, because... Number one, I met my wife through wrestling. I would never would have met her had it not been for wrestling. She was living down in the Portland area. I was up north. Wouldn't have met her. Number two, <clears throat> I actually tried to do stand-up before I tried wrestling. Did she just have a thing for wrestlers? Is that how you... How dare you? Um, you tight? What's that? You just... Yeah, I shouldn't doubt your abilities. <laughs> no, you should. You absolutely should. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't want. I, I don't try to dive too deep into the weeds as to why my my uh, wife at the time was into me. She saw it. She knew what was coming. The, oh, if she did, she should have run, um, <clears throat> or at least told me to on a regular basis. I mean, if she would have ran, maybe you would have chased her. <laughs> true. True. Um, uh, I'm fat again, everybody. For those of you listening to the podcast, um, update: still fat. Yeah. I am too. I am. Well, too. yeah, but there, there's. Oh, here it comes. If I, I, got, could, I got it from Kevin last night too. Okay. Well, uh, really? Yeah. I, it, let me I'm, see. I'm his dream body. I, I was just gonna say, all right. Fine. Guys, Never mind. I do. I'm serious. If I could get to your size, I would be happy. If if I could stop gaining. Oh sure. Maybe. I don't mean like where you're gonna eventually wind up because you're definitely going to you're gonna bottom out here soon, but. Either me or this chair. <laughs> no, it, but, uh, it's a weird thing. Yeah, but and not only that, but also when when I before I started wrestling, uh, I wanted to do. I tried to do stand up. Okay. And uh, I actually called a restaurant in Oak Harbor where I was living, 
um, and asked them if I could perform comedy. And I lied and said that I was a comedian and I wanted to come perform comedy at their, their show because it was the only place in town that I knew that had like live entertainment, that had live music. This is before you did wrestling. Before I did wrestling. You have <clears throat> balls. Well, but no brains. Because first of all, I had nothing prepared. I just uh, honestly assumed that I'd go up on stage and I just opened my mouth and funny would come out. Yeah, they love me at Thanksgiving. <clears throat> exactly. They'll love me there. Uh, their and pasta. Then, also, I got there and I was picturing, like, what was. I was picturing, like, a, a lounge, like a Vegas lounge with a stage and a Tropicana, you got, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I got, you know. The pits in front of you. <laughs> yeah. You're I got the American. The... You know, just like a bar with, like, there was no, there was not even, like, the little uh, stage that they have there. There was nothing. Nice. And there was, like, four people in the audience, and I was, like, I, I, and I got scared, and I took off, and that was it. And I was, like, so my point is that not only did I meet my wife through wrestling, but also through wrestling, I was kind of put out there in front of the audience. I had to shed my timid, I was such a, like, insecure, timid little bitch <laughs> that, um, that came along with wrestling. So, <clears throat> so when I started to do comedy, I knew nothing. I actually, I wanted to do it for a long time. But I wouldn't look into it because if I looked into it, that means a commitment, right? That right. means I got I to gotta follow through. So Makes I, sense. So I didn't do any of that. I was writing. I had my podcast. Whatever. Then I saw somebody who was going to be hosting a show. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Are, this is Kevin, right? I could do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tony West. Oh, really? Yeah, we're naming names. <laughs> Was it really Tony no, West? No, Oh, okay. Tony I was going to say, because, like, Tony... I watched Tony West, and I'm like, how is he so smooth on stage? Like, he's so comfortable. <laughs> right? So I'm like, I'm going to show up to this guy's... The open mic he's hosting. <laughs> Just take him out. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to do my thing, and I'm going to show him, like, I, I can do this, too. All right, cool. Yeah. And uh, so I sign up, and uh, and I do my thing, dude. And it was... Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was bad news bears. First open mic. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was shitty. I I did prepare, but I got up there and I, I was so nervous. Right. That everything I prepared just left me. Really? Where was that? Where did you do the mic at? Um, club comedy. Oh really? In okay. Seattle. Oh okay. Yeah. So I didn't know how much time I was actually gonna do. I show up and they're like, "You're gonna do three minutes. And you're gonna let you at two. And I was like, "Oh, okay." So super scared and I was telling people like I'm gonna go and do this and people were like wow that's amazing and like friends of mine who are like our performers um theater I'm sing um some some are in bands and whatever and I'm like you you perform all the time why would you say this is any different and they're like dude because I like hide behind like right. my band or I hide behind my guitar or whatever right you know so was wrestling the same for you? Like, you could hide behind more, and then comedy comedy was another step? Or did, did wrestling just totally, like, I, I could wrestle, I could I could tell jokes? Yeah, I think I think that, because I don't know if uh, if you know this about me, but I'm not quite a, a you know, an, a super athletic specimen. Uh, Surprise. Yeah. So, I mean, when I'm hiding under this shirt, um, believe it or not, not a six-pack, but... When okay. I when I would go out there and wrestle, most of my stuff was walk and talk. So most of my stuff was microphone, getting heat from the crowd. As especially as I got a little bit older and farther in, it was as minimal, like as much bullshit before the bell rang, and then as little physical stuff as possible, just because physically I couldn't do it. Okay. But I'd already kind of made a name for myself here, so I was always like brought in to be sort of a main event guy. Were you like a heel? Oh yeah. Okay. Um. 
And so that's but, awesome. So that makes you. That's why you're so good at like roasting and shit. But see, I love why, and that's the thing. Like the psychology of working a wrestling crowd is very and pro wrestling is storytelling this is the yeah. one thing when when i think about the fact that i hit middle age before i started doing stand-up i always think well but i've been an entertainer since i was 20 and i've been a storyteller since i was 20 and that's essentially what a comedian is yeah you know what i mean yeah so it's it's very it's very very similar you're not really hidden i mean you're because you're wearing less clothes you're wearing or like you know in my case i was wearing some very tight spandex uh, so you can't. It's hard to hide anything in that. That's, I, I think mean, we. I think we cracked it. Yeah. Look at that, Sherlock Holmes on the case. <laughs> so yeah, my first, my first mic was at called uh, uh, well, Vomity down in Olympia. Yeah. I've heard of it. I haven't been there. It was a cool experience. The 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 room itself is really cool because it's uh, a small little stage, tiny room again, and they'd usually pack it. Um. And the audience was okay. The one thing that killed me, though, was that I actually walked a audience member that first night. Really? Yeah, because she was this very heavy woman who was laughing at everyone's jokes, whether they were good or not. And she was the only thing that was making me feel comfortable about what I was about to do. Because I was like, no matter what, I know she's going to laugh. My wife's here. She'll laugh for me. So even if I bomb terribly, I'll get two laughs. And I went up and I started doing like a couple of fat jokes. Obviously, that was my my thing. So I started doing that. She got offended that I would dare to uh, body shame, even though I was body shaming myself. So she got up and wa- I waddled my first audience member. Um, so, it, but you know, it, it was a, a weird thing. But still, like the whole the the night actually went pretty well. Like the the first open mic. That's cool. I um, yeah, my first open mic was weird. Um, I already told you I forgot what I was saying and. I was giving. I was trying to give you time to kind of just rip. No, no. I, I came back to. I already. I already closed that one up. I was just saying about my first bike. It was shitty. That's the worst. I don't. It's, I don't think that anybody who's never done stand up, or I guess like any sort of performance like that, where you're out on stage, when your mind goes blank, that to me is the scariest. Like not you know to bring it back to wrestling. I've you know fallen from twelve feet down to the floor accidentally. And that's not as scary as when you're standing on the stage and your mind goes completely blank and you're trying to remember, like, not only what you were saying, what you were about to say, and where's the punchline in any of this. (laughs) And then you start panicking. And then if you're like me, you just start running your mouth. And then next thing you know, you realize you're not anywhere near a joke. You're just rambling. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a dissertation at this point. Yeah. And it's, uh, I think my, my... it was like my fifth open mic, and I had my three minute. My three minutes were down. I had it. It was great, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna ask the crowd a question, and I asked the crowd a question, and somebody answered, and I was like, yeah! Oh my <laughs> gosh, I got it! And I just looked at him, and I was like, I have nothing else to say to to that. Like it was just, I was just so excited, man. It's total. Oh. It's, it's, it's amazing, like, the weird things that can just throw you off when you're on stage. Yeah. It could be uh, laughter when you weren't expecting it. <laughs> the lack of laughter when you were expecting yeah. it. Or, um, or the interactions, which... I was just going to ask you about that. How, are you, how do you feel about your crowd work? My crowd work is, um, is pretty bad. I've got to be in a good zone. Um, a couple... Uh, I've, I've got it down to two tequilas and two Rainiers. 
tall boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if I'm feeling good, um, I can usually work with the crowd. But then I have a hard time bringing it back. So right. then it ends up just being, you know, five minutes of crowd work at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, I've, I've gotten better. I was doing this for a year and three months when we shut down. Right. So I was really just getting into that zone where I was... I was feeling comfortable. I was feeling too comfortable. Like, I would go up completely unprepared and just try and make stuff up and, yeah. and do some riffing and, um, and and failed miserably, but then also learned a lot by doing it. I like failing. I actually, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem bombing on stage. Yeah. Uh, I actually like it. Yeah. Um, and there was a time there back in December after I had gone down to Portland, did a paid gig um, with um, Dirty Angel Productions. Um What's his name? Hijinx and DJ okay. Wildchild. Okay. And uh, went down, did a great show, did, came back, did another couple shows, Northwest Peaks. Um, Northwest Peaks, yep. And, and I, was, I was like on fire. Yeah. And I walked into Club Comedy and he was like, you got five minutes tonight. I was like, yeah, man, thanks. My first five minute set there. I was so pumped. And uh, I was like, I'm just, I've been working on stuff in my head. Nothing I wrote down. I'm just going to go with it. And I ate it so yeah. bad. And the wife was with me. And I was on such a roll. I left and I was like, that was horrible. But I, by the time I got home, I was like, that was amazing. Like, yeah. I got my book and I just started writing. Yep. And, and, and it lights a fire. So It's the weirdest thing. It, when you've had that moment where you're like on top of the world. Mm -hmm. And you feel like I, I had a very specific time where I had like three or four things just going perfectly. Like I couldn't have written it better. <laughs> For it to for it to go, and then like I did a, a mic at Tacoma Comedy Club and just ate the biggest dick you possibly could, and then like I remember it stuck with me longer. Like it, it was the next day that I literally had to write down uh, every great comedian bombs, but uh, I don't even remember how I put it, but it was something to the effect of, "But you'll never be a great comedian if you let it, you know, get to you." Too yeah, much. If, you, if you stop. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and so. so Oh, yeah. go no, ahead. No, no, no. That okay. Was... So that that actually leads in perfectly. Um, what was your best night? Uh, or, or your or best comedy experience? A Kill Tony. It was Kill Tony. <sighs> you keep jumping that shit. Well, I mean, you asked me. Like, oh. What am I supposed to say? Okay. It, was the, it was the time that I, I fucking did five minutes at the Olympian. In I... <laughs> like, what do you mean? Which we love. <laughs> I love the Olympian. When you're listening. <laughs> um, all right, folks. I, I didn't tell anybody this. Okay. But... Todd XXL Royce here has a golden ticket from the Kill Tony show, which I had no idea existed. Right. And um, he was coming to town, and everybody was freaking out. And then Todd's like, yeah, I'm going to go do some time with Tony. I'm just going to hang out. We're going to be on stage. I'm like, is this another wrestling thing? So, And, and so just in case anyone from that show ever hears this, I, oh, they totally no were. way was my attitude ever like that. No. <laughs> I'm just going to go uh, hang out with Tony. No, it wasn't. I think somebody actually pulled up some info. It was like, I think I saw somebody like, Todd, don't you, weren't you on their show once? So... You want so you kill Tony does a uh, he does a podcast a live podcast so it's a live podcast from the comedy store from the comedy like, store it, it used to yeah. be now starting this Monday depending on when this drops yeah uh, um, this was dropping two weeks oh in two weeks so two week about a week and a half ago uh, it's not going to drop after Kevin's is it fuck Kevin anyway um, 
So about a week and a half ago, they moved to Austin, Texas. Like the the show. The show moved. Yeah, from from where we are right now, Monday this Monday night, they're gonna be live uh, for the first time in front of an audience in a long time. Wow. Uh, to Austin. Are they move? Did they move to Austin so they could be live again? Yep, absolutely. Like a lot of other people. All right, so uh, there's gonna be some hate there, some <laughs> yeah. animosity. Because oh yeah. Apparently, you have to be socially conscious. And, yeah. Apparently, and you're not have- allowed to do anything. No. Apparently you have to And by the way Before I say anything I fully respect this virus I fully expect, respect what it does Not mm-hmm. not that I like it I'm saying I respect it I understand how real it is I understand how real dangerous it is I understand that you have to be You have to take precautions But I also think it's important to realize That there are people who are losing their jobs Their livelihoods There's people who have committed suicide Like suicides up uh, domestic violence is up. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of mental issues that go along with telling people they have to stay home at all times. I work in a medical <clears throat> building. I work in an end-of-life care facility. Okay. When our first shutdown happened, we had patients who had been in care and thriving, even though we're an end-of-life care facility, who we told them, no more visitors. We're on lockdown. You're in your room 23 hours a day. You can get a hall pass. No more group meals. No more group activities. They shut down, and they died within, like, two weeks. Yeah, I mean, you... And why? Because they're, like, 87, seven, or one was, like, 72, and it's like, I've lived a full life, and you're not now going to tell me, as I'm already dying, I can't be around my family. Right, exactly. And it was just... It's heartbreaking. There, there, are, there are some very negative effects. I work with a bunch of nurses. I work with yeah. doctors, and they're like, you have to be smart. Of course. Take it seriously, but there are ways that you can do this safely. Well, and, and I think that one of the biggest problems with that is, and we've seen it, especially in Washington, and I'm sure in plenty of other places, like LA I know is really horrible too, the rules don't make sense. They don't line up. Like right. like right now, I understand spiking through the roof, okay, more of a shutdown. I get that. But, like, when we were at a, a point in time and just zeroing in just on, like, our little world here, when the Tacoma Comedy Club could open up as a restaurant, have trivia night with, with someone on stage reading off questions and having people bring the answers up to the, yeah. the stage, when they were allowed to show movies and Netflix specials on the screen with an audience at socially distanced tables, but you weren't allowed to have stand-up comedy... That made no sense. Made there was no, no sense. logic it's to it. It's a Tacoma Comedy Club, for those of you who are not in the Washington, Seattle, Tacoma area. Uh, I do have listeners in Sweden. Oh, really? I do. I'm sweet. The analytics come back, and it was pretty cool. A couple in Great Britain, too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, Tacoma Comedy Club is actually a, a rather large venue. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. For a comedy club. It's, yep. it's, it's, it's like an old, it's a hundred year old building, but it's great. So, you could still have a fairly full house. Yeah. With having social distancing. And that was one thing that never made sense to me. An open mic, a lot of times, especially on a Tuesday night, is going to be 20 comedians, Mm -hmm. one person on stage at a time. I see no reason why, if that bar is going to be open anyways, and you can have 20 people in it, right? why can't one of those 20 be on stage? On stage. And and the thing that that killed me about it was the work that TCC did, uh, put into it, as far as number one, they did set it up so it was totally socially distanced. Yeah. You were nowhere near a table that you were, you know, that, that, well, with other people. Um, the comedians at the open mics, they made us sit. We couldn't sit more than four to a table, and we, we couldn't stand up and hang around or whatever. If we did, we had to go outside. If we were in the building, we had to be seated four to a table. Yeah. We could only go up on the, uh, the catwalk area. 
um, before when you know when you you were on deck. So the, it was, they were doing everything they possibly could, but for no reason whatsoever, with no research whatsoever, they shut them down. Yeah. And I think they did that with a lot of businesses. Yeah. Um, and, and that's happened all over the country. And that's just something that if you bring that up, you're uh, fucking Satan. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, you're a horrible person who doesn't care about. The, the community around you. And, yeah, and it's the exact and I opposite. Don't, I don't think that's the case. No, it's the exact opposite because there are more people than just those who are infected yeah. that are affected. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So Kill Tony has made the decision to move to Austin and they're going to be back in, in their live show here uh, January 4th, yeah. I believe is that date. So um, I hope you go back and, and catch those. So you caught a show in Portland? Portland. So they, they started doing tours. Tours. And 20, yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I went down there. They drew my name randomly. It, it was, if I'm completely honest, it felt like such a spiritual moment. Because, without going too far into this, because this would take too long, the number 109 has always popped up in my life. For whatever okay. reason, in just weird, random ways. And I've looked it up once before. Not your way. No, definitely not. <laughs> that was like third grade. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, 109, um, <laughs> almost the exact opposite at one point. No. Um, so I'm going down to, to Portland and I pulled into the DXL to buy myself a couple of shirts and I got in the car and I take off and I'm heading down and I get a text from my wife cause it, I, it's her card cause she's usually buys my clothes for me. Uh, it's her card and it comes up and she goes, do you, did you see, did you re- realize how much money you spent on those shirts? And I was like, no, and she goes, $109. And I was like, fuck. So then, like, at that moment, I'm like, okay. And, like, I'd already kind of been playing this over in my mind. And, like, the band does uh, characters when they come out on the show. And I'd kind of been picturing it and imagining it. And I was like, man, they're, you know, they'll come out and they'll be, like, the feminists. Because, you know, that's one of my favorite characters. Yeah. So, anyway, get to the show. Tony brings up the band. They're the fucking feminists. This is what I've been picturing for an entire month. (laughs) As soon as I swear to you, as soon as I saw them come out on the stage, I got hit with this. It, it's a room full of seven hundred people. At least three hundred people put their names in the the bowl. Yeah, I know for a fact I'm getting picked. Yeah, and it was towards the end of the show. He said my name, and as soon as he called my name out, I got hit with the most like calm, like here we go. This is exactly what's supposed to happen. Uh, feeling and wow. I uh, go out on stage and I mean it was you know it, it had a lot to do with the the whole night had been great there wasn't one person who bombed the crowd was super into it but my opening joke got a partial standing ovation and then wow. by the end of it pretty much the entire theater was on their feet cheering me. what was your opening joke it was a uh, my my old standard the uh, uh, and I have no problem doing it right now because it's not going to be relevant for very long but said uh, I just got a new job Already had my first Me Too moment. Uh, my boss came into the office said, Hey, Todd, I want to see your dick. And I said, Me Too. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love that one. Why I started a podcast where I can have comedians come on who are way funnier than me. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, but that's mainly because you know, I'm a humble guy. Yeah, you are. No, for sure. The, the most humble. <laughs> so so you killed that Kill Tony. You won the, the golden ticket, which yeah. anytime he comes... Any show you go to, you can yep. you can do a spot. At that time, there had only been... I was the fourth person to get that in the, in the history of the show, which is crazy. And it's especially crazy because like you had mentioned that you'd never heard of it, and there's other people yeah. who hadn't. I had been a huge fan of the show for three or four years before this. So, like... Imagine that, like, you know, some show that you're just a huge fan of, and then you go there, and then all of a sudden you're, 
you know, I'm, you know, a speck of dust in the fucking Mojave Desert, but I'm still a part of the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy. And then since then, I've been able to do uh, Cobb's Comedy in San Francisco. I did uh, Chop Suey in Seattle, uh, the Vogue Theater in, in Vancouver in front of over a thousand people. I mean, you put that on your resume, people are going to... Give you a shot. I mean, I've gotten I've gotten bookings off that show. The, the the Kelly's Olympian show that I told you about, the paid show that I did, oh, yeah. was because he had watched uh, me on the Comedy Store episode. I was there on the the at That's the Comedy cool. Store with Miss Pat, and uh, and he saw that episode and he was like, you know, I'm doing this comedy show. He's like, I'd love to have you come in here and do it. You know, it just goes to show you, you know, you can do something like kill Tony or or maybe Joe Rogan or may, or maybe maybe you're fortunate enough to sit down with Dave Chappelle. And in no time, you can end up in my basement in Joke Daddy Studios <laughs> doing a podcast with me. Dude, it was only uh, a year and a half ago, and I'm now t- here I am. The sky's the limit. The, the, the basement, the, basement. the low-hanging uh, roof is the limit. <laughs> can you even stand up all the way in this? Uh, barely, dude. And my favorite part about it is you were warning me about the steps, but then like I come in <laughs> here and I almost get shaved head, my, my hair off. I but the, the ceiling didn't. I've got a lot... Of explaining to do to people, I think like before they come, like I, 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 I definitely don't talk it up, but maybe I should bring the expectation. The only thing that you bit. made sure and tell me is to park out front, which I didn't even do when I came here because I saw this, I saw this fairly steep driveway and I was like, I don't want to walk up that. So I was like, fuck him, I'll just play dumb. And like I drove up and then he's meeting me, going, no, 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 you gotta park out front. I was like, yeah, my driveway's really. I, my parking spot is really small, and uh, the the neighbor who never parked in her in her driveway, which is in our alley, never parked there until recently, and they've hit my fence like three times. Oh shit! Really? Yeah, and they, they're like, "Oh, I had no idea." Like I had to totally confront them. So I'm working on putting in a five foot steel post. There and, you I, go. and, I, and he's like, "Is there anything I can do?" I was like, "Yeah, pay pay attention." <laughs> right? No, I'm like, pay attention. Stop hitting my fence. Because uh, by the end of January, there's going to be a post here that's going to do a lot more damage to your car right. than you've done to my fence. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a pain. And yeah. uh, I don't want to put that on anybody. Um, uh, real, real quick, last yeah. thing I was just going to say about the Kill Tony thing is, oh, yeah. uh, to tie it all together, when I talked about my last wrestling match was in September, the, the greatest uh, sort of full circle moment, I had that match... It was with one of my best friend or my best friend, uh, Lucas, Lucas, who you yeah. know. Uh, he was in the match. Uh, I was teaming up with somebody that I had watched since I was a kid mm. wrestle. Um, and then uh, I, we were wrestling this new student who was like brand new. So it was like everything that you want in a final match. And then 24 hours after that match was over, I'm on a plane going down to L.A. to do the comedy store, which is like my Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. If I could, I would love to make a million dollars in comedy. I would love to have a Netflix special, blah, blah, blah. But being a paid regular at the comedy store would be my ultimate. That would be the ultimate for me. Yeah. Or just like the ability to just to walk in and just be like. But I mean, I would just love to be like a paid regular. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Place, you know, yeah. like it's such a. No, that, uh, um, no, that, I mean? that location is, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's Mecca. I mean, yeah, it really exactly. is. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was cool to have that moment where it was like, okay, this is the end of the wrestling. This is hopefully the beginning of the comedy. Yeah, comedy. And then, fucking, you know, yeah. coronavirus comes and just kicks me right square in the balls like it did everybody else. So. Yeah, Nico Lukov bought, like, two tickets. I don't know if yeah. you know Nico. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, 
the online Zoom comedy. Yeah, he's like king the, of, the, yeah, yeah. You know, when he first started doing Zoom mics, I and I have I have zero interest in doing Zoom mics. Sure, me but, too. But I mean, it's yeah. But he started doing them, and then I was like, well, this is only going to be a couple months. I'm not putting myself through that. And now here it is a year later. He's going to come out, and he's going to be, you know, fucking Tom Papa. <laughs> he's going to just put us all to shame. You want to you get on a Zoom? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Do you got any tape? No? You don't have any tape from the past year? Any relevant? Kill Tony. More like kill Corona. What do you got? <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, kill Tony winner, Todd Royce. Um, you talked about your best night. I want to hear about your worst comedy experience. Of course you do. Well, yeah. You're a terrible person. I am. You know that. Terrible comedian. <laughs> terrible podcaster. <laughs> terrible person. Uh, while you think of that, do you need another beer? I would love another you beer. You can have another beer. And Thanks, Why don't you grab me one, too? Wow. So just put me to work. Is really what you're doing. You're sitting right in front of him. <laughs> I gotta rethink this layout. <laughs> I like the layout. Is it alright? Yeah, I like it. Alright. Yeah, yeah. Worst night in comedy. Now, does this count as a night in comedy? This, I think so. Okay. We're laughing. We might be the only ones. <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with something, but I can guarantee you this is one of those those uh, unfortunately optimistic things where I'm going to be like, well, even the worst night in comedy is better than fucking staying at home for you know days on end. Doing Zoom comedy. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. I do Zoom comedy. I, I, I did restart Dude, doing how, Zoom comedy. How is that? Um, it's weird. It, it, it really is weird. And so, when it first started, I did a couple. And then I was like, I can't do it. I'm not doing it. Either you're getting delayed responses because of the lag. Right. Or people just aren't paying attention, which is normal. But you're, like, looking at your computer, so you're kind of expecting interactions. Right. But people are, like, folding their laundry and doing their dishes and playing with their cat. Like, their, their actual kitty cat. <laughs> they're... I got you. It's, it's a, a real world, weird world we live in right now with it's TikTok. It's a different and, Zoom show where yeah. they're playing with their cats. It, it, it gets real awkward, and you don't get the feedback. I decided a couple months ago, I think it was in October, like, I was like, you know what? I have, The second shutdown's coming, like, I gotta do something. I, I got these ideas, I want to work them out. I did a workshop with Kevin Eggleston, um, and that was great. And I was like, okay. I like the workshop. Let's yeah. do some Zoom. Yeah. And I did it, and uh, I got some tips, and it's uh, wait on your jokes, because there is a delay. There really is. Um, and then don't worry about the reactions right away. Just kind of just kind of do your thing, and um, and people reach out afterwards. <laughs> like, I did enjoy it. That was really funny. I think that part of the reason why I'm, I'm trepidatious about doing it also is that it takes so long to get into the. It takes so long for me to get into the rhythm of doing stand up that I don't want to get so used to Zoom that when I go back to live stand up, that I'm still like in that place where I'm waiting for the laugh. Or I don't know. I, 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 yeah. I I'm sure I'm just stupid. But no, no, it, it is. It's not the same. And and Nico and I, we kind of hashed it out. You can go back and you can listen. His episode dropped a couple of weeks ago. I'm not listening to the show. That's that's fair. I wouldn't either. I don't. I don't even listen when I edit. I have my, I have my kindergarten uh, child. He edits this. It's 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 great. <laughs> and you should listen just for that. I will. Yeah. Um. No, but but yeah, we talked about it because I was like, you know, you get a lot of flack. You know, I'm I'm like I'm sure you've heard it. He he hears it all the time. He keeps at it, and now he's actually getting booked on paid Zoom shows. I think. Yeah. And and it's and it's interesting. And and so you definitely it's. 
and he worries about what it's going to be like going back to life. life. Yeah, and especially for him, and, and this was an interesting perspective. Was he started comedy like four months before the shutdown? Right. Oh yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> and he was a traveling comedian. He didn't even do it in his own home. He was doing it when he was on the road for work. Right. So uh, he was just getting started. And I'm, I'm wondering not not about him because yeah. I think that he's from what I I know of him he's definitely got the the attitude I'd like to see him do you know live shows and stuff like that. He's hungry. There's and I a, respect it. I am too, but that's a different thing. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I think that if I wonder if a lot of these comic that are doing so many zoom shows i'm wondering if that's going to create like a whole new version of stand-up where they're going to continue doing that because they're more comfortable than they were like you know like we know we know comics that just yeah they, they always bomb they never try new stuff or whatever i wonder if they're just gonna like kind of shuffle off into this new zoom world and open up if, the clubs for everybody else if it's a safe space for them might as well. That you know what? That's what I would love to do. Real, real quick, just safe space comedy. No, <laughs> I I think that there should be uh, safe space clubs because I've seen a lot of comedians, quote unquote, who go up and and it's not just a matter of I don't think that they're funny. There's some comedians that go up and they're just they're not even searching for a punchline. They're just going up to make their points and say their things and. Get their applause. Their social commentary. Right. Yeah. And that, and there's nothing wrong with that except for the fact that that's not what you're supposed to be doing comedy shows for. Yeah. So maybe if we did open up, if someone did open up, the, I think there could be some money in that. If you open up safe space rooms where you have people can go, go up and do their comedy or they can do slam poetry or they can do, you know, a five minute TED talk or whatever. I think Zoom comedy isn't going to go anywhere because it's reached out to a group of people who don't want to leave their house. Like, introverts are thriving right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> my wife is loving this. Dude, the same thing. My wife loves it. She is an introvert. So is my wife. I'm an extrovert. I, the, the only... The first joke... The first joke that I wrote about this pandemic is that... Uh, I don't even know if it qualifies as a joke, but I said I'm an extrovert, but I'm also a germaphobe. So I'm comfortable with the fact that when I go out, people have to stay six feet away from me. <laughs> Pause for laughter. No, no, that's being extroverted. It, wh why do we marry the opposites? First I don't of know. All? Opposites attract. Oh, Golden <laughs> ticket winners don't bomb, babe. No, my wife is great. And she, she's super supportive. And she's like, get out there. Go do it. I'm not coming. Right. <laughs> and, there, and there was, my wife is hilarious. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you need to write. You should, she should do comedy. Right. If anybody's going to become successful in this house doing comedy, it's either going to be her or my second daughter. Do you guys have like a gaffigan kind of thing? Because like that's that's how I look at it, so I don't feel bad about it. My wife, I, I'll run my jokes by my wife. She'll tighten them up. She'll like she'll help me with a lot of the writing. No, because mine either. What I think that was a lie. It's all me. <laughs> I probably should. No, but I'm like, hey, I got this idea for a joke. What do you think? And she's like, that, that was TikTok. <laughs> Listen to what this man goes through for you. The listener TikTok. You... You and I talked about TikTok. That's what I was going to say. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. I, I hadn't even thought about that, but a couple of days ago, you were the one that came to me and said, yeah, you you know, I'm, I'm starting to do TikTok. And I never did. <clears throat> right. And like, I was I, like... I opened my account and I never touched it. And I was like, why would you do TikTok? That's just like 15-year-old kids dancing. And then yeah. I was like, oh, maybe that's why I was doing TikTok. But yeah, obviously it's not. Um, but, uh, but no, there's a lot of people who are, you know, like grown adults and they're, you know, it's a perfect place to go on and like create content and create comedy 
How do you know, like, I dig moms over 30 just because I'm married to a mom who's over 30? Do you, well, see, it's got, there's something in the, because, like, especially during um, the lead up to the presidential election, I would go searching for political stuff. Um. And then that put me in this depressing wormhole of nothing but political TikToks constantly. So you had to switch up your search? Yeah, you, you have to. Um, I've never searched anything on TikTok. Well, I usually don't either, but I was just curious <laughs> yeah. about that sort of thing because I was hearing about all these political debates yeah. and I was like, what's a, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so TikTok, you've gotten, for lack of better terms, kind of big. Kind of. I am You're a, rather large on TikTok <laughs> and in real life. I am a, a officially, well, let me turn this down. Wow. Look at this. Since, since I left my house, I've gotten 74 new followers. Jesus. Um, so I'm at 7,962. Um, Humble brag. Yeah. This past weekend, this is the crazy part though. This past week, well, no, I can even show you, so right? You, your newest video, I don't know if it's your newest, I want to, I want to duel it. But, yeah, do it. Well, I feel bad because some, no, that's, some black guy did yours the other day and he killed it. He totally killed it. He wants to collaborate on a bunch of stuff. But this video right here, when, when this happened, it was December 20th, um, I was at like 2,400 followers, and now I'm coming right up on 8,000, and that was just since December 20th. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Well, I do like it because eventually now I can tell people, you know, to follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram. I want to build that up because, you know, we both know that's important. Bookers will look at that now. And that's almost, that type of stuff is almost like a credit now. Mm -hmm. I don't think, you know. I've got followers on TikTok. Right. I don't think that we're ever going to see the day when they put someone on the poster and be like, TikTok's Todd Royce. You know what I mean? I don't think. I I hope not. I think they will. (laughs) I, I, I really do. And that's what I was telling you a year ago. Like, yeah. I, TikTok is the future and we need to jump on it. Um, I'm horrible because, like, I want to be funny. I think I'm funny. Yeah. Uh, you've laughed at one thing I've said before. Excuse well, it's me. just because you mispronounced the word. That's no, I'm true. Kidding. I don't that's know. Dude, I can't tell you how often I, in my head, just go, Miho! <laughs> my coworkers have found my YouTube. Oh, nice. Whenever they need me, they're yelling down the halls of the hospital, <laughs> Miho! And uh, if you don't know that reference, check out my YouTube, uh, mm. Jake Gomez 206. Um, <laughs> Todd Royce XXL on TikTok. Follow That's me. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, TikTok. So, in your early days of TikTok, you did a very funny TikTok, and it was actually at the beginning of quarantine. And I've talked to you a little bit about this before. You did the quarantine. Quarantine. And I thought it was hilarious. And I, I don't love that. think a lot of people really <laughs> thought it was that funny because Quarantine is kind of a reach. So it's kind of like quarantine, but it's Quarantine. And, and what Todd does was he like he like tricks his cat and he's like, which which is, which is like even more ridiculous to me because he's like, hey kitty, you want a treat? Nah, you just got Quarantine. Like, and I die every time. So. I loved it. I showed my wife. She's like, you guys are stupid. Whatever. Aren't you adorable? <laughs> and a couple months go by, and I'm in Wisconsin. End of June, almost July. And so I'm at dinner in Wisconsin in a diner at a fish fry, and I start showing the group of 10 people that I'm with, <laughs> Quarantine, and my children. So now my kids, who are 10, 8, and 5, are going around going, nah, you just got Quarantine. <laughs> I love that. That's so rad. It's still a thing we do in our house. And I've been wanting to make our own quarantine video. We should. And so I've got it kind of planned out and I let my kids, so I'm going to have all my kids quarantine. And then I'm going to quarantine them back. And here's the setup. And I know this is kind of, you know, 
So here's what the two people in Sweden are going to love this. So my kids are going to quarantine me with different pranks, right? Nah, you just got quarantined. And I'll be like, yeah, well, I'm not even your dad. And then they're going to start crying. And I'll be like, nah, you just got... And my wife is going to yell from the other word, uh-uh. Uh, and I'll be like, ah, you just got corn. And I'm just going to cut the tape. Just as you're about to say, like, nah, you just, then your wife should pop out and be like, how did you hear? <laughs> See? <laughs> so, yeah. But so I told her that. like, And that's, like, what I mean. Like, I run these jokes by her, and she's like, you're an idiot. Like, What's wrong with you? I'm like... That's hilarious. That's great, yeah. And I thought about it today, and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. And the kids are, like, bugging me. Like, how come we haven't videotaped it yet? How come we haven't done the quarantine thing yet? And I'm like, because he's going to think it's stupid, and I shouldn't do it. So I... I love it. I... Yeah. So that was, like, that's where my mind was when it... When this quarantine first happened. Is I was already, like, offering up a baked potato to my cat as a cat treat. And so now here we are nine months later, and I'm just losing my fuck. But today at work, I because I work from home, I spent 90% of my day doing uh, TikToks. Like, I think I did seven TikToks today. But you have to, it's like, it's, it's I want to put out quality stuff, but you also have to put out, like, a, a high quantity. So I I used to follow an entrepreneur <laughs> called Gary Vee, Gary Barnes. And uh, I still follow him. I still love him, but uh, I, I don't. He's not listening. I don't, don't need him as much anymore, but he, he put me on my hustle. And it's create. Right. And he actually put me on TikTok, Instagram, Anchor, like way before everybody else did. And so I get a lot of my ideas from him uh, as far as marketing and, and putting yourself out there as a creator. Right. And he's like, just create. And that's why I started my podcast two years ago. It was like, even if you're not putting out quality content, you're still putting out content. And in the long term, what's going to happen? You're either going to find out you suck and you shouldn't be doing this. But even in that, you've learned something. Right. Or you're going to learn something and you're going to get better. Uh, yeah. And people are going to know time and consistency. They're going to keep coming back. I mean, you know, just to be silly about it, but like Rogan, when he first started, it was him and Brian Redman. Yeah. And they would just, I think they just set up their laptop and film themselves sitting on a couch. Yeah. Uh, and now it's the biggest podcast Is in the world. Is it casting couch that they were? <laughs> no. No. Well, that's a different. No, no, I mean, that, that might have happened. <laughs> If Joey Diaz was over, it probably happened from what I, I've heard recently. We do not support or condone any <laughs> reckless behavior or... And Joke Daddy doesn't condone or condemn. I don't condone or condemn. Come as you are, because this is home of Nirvana. <laughs> not Aberdeen. We're not in... That's not Aberdeen. Is it Aberdeen? Is it Aberdeen? I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's Aberdeen. I'm embarrassed at the lack of knowledge that I had of the whole grunge scene. Here. I was shamed for that when I was, um, like, shortly after grunge ended, I was wor- I was working with this kid who was, like, a little bit older than me, but I still think of him as a kid now. But he uh, he asked me what type of music I listened to, and I was like, oh, I love country. And he was like, you grew up in this area? He's like, you're not even a grunge guy? And I was like, and for some reason, that stuck with me. And I'm like, oh, I should have been a grunge guy. should have been a grunge guy. Yeah, no, I grew up listening to, like, Motown and disco. There you go. Yeah, but I lived in Seattle. Oh, okay, gotcha. I'm going to be 38 in nine days. <laughs> that, was that your way no, of 11 days, about... 11 days, my bad. You know, pass a golden ticket this way. <laughs> What's up? What's up, Tony? Oh, man. Um, this has been fun. This has been long. Um, I blame the cigar. I, you know what? I, I have to say, 
Um, that cigar was really good. Normally, I'm not even the biggest fan of the the flavored cigars. It yeah. was a vanilla. It was vanilla. But it wasn't so strong vanilla that it, that didn't feel like an actual cigar. Yeah. Um, I wish it was a bigger one. I wish that it was like an hour long. That was probably more like a 15 minute. You, I, I was, I felt a little inferior, a little insecure. Sure. You sucked that thing down quick. I mean, dude, I, you know, you had to get booked somehow in wrestling. <laughs> there's, there's the secret. See, uh, when you walk away from a Joke Daddy production, any podcast that I do, any segment, there's, there's one gem that you can take away and, and that's and it. That, that was it. There's Thank a reason you. we wear knee pads in wrestling. It's to get booked. What are the elbow pads for? <laughs> I mean, that's for when that's for when you want to win the match. There it is. There it is, folks. Todd, before we go, yes, sir, I think you have social medias. I do have social medias. Do you medias. want to plug them? I would love to. Okay, go for it. Where, right here in this microphone? Right here in this microphone. Um, so I, I try to make it easy. Everything is Todd Royce XXL. Todd Royce XXL. Yep. Uh, for some of them, like Twitter and Instagram, you have to smush all the words together. Uh, and TikTok as well. Uh, but YouTube and Facebook, they're separated. So okay. it's Todd, then Royce, then XXL. Okay. Um, but that's it. It's that's just, super easy. I, you know, it's, it's easy. It's easy to remember. And it's a, it's a goal of mine to one day be in XXL clothes. <laughs> that is, uh, that is where I'm at. Mm. And, uh, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I wish it was comfortably fitting because <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to go three X now. So, uh, Yeah. It's good times. I'm loving COVID. Oh, for sure. I'm staying warm. I lost I lost 12 pounds on COVID. Did you? I did. At the beginning. Okay. <laughs> I've gained 18 pounds since then. Okay. So, yeah. So you put on six more. No. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Put on okay. six more. Yep. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it happens. But you were in Vegas. I was in Vegas. Got some stress. I, dude, I, I've had mental issues. Yeah. Thank God. I, I will say this for any. I mean, I don't know why I, I feel the need to say this, but uh, I did sh- about a year before COVID. I got on antidepressants and uh, anti-anxiety medication, which I had never done before. It literally changed everything about my life. Really? Um, is this, don't be afraid to go to the doctor and talk to them about it because it's, is this my intervention? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on in. You you know Tony, Tony, and... <laughs> Shad, jo- Josh. Are you kidding me, Darren? Also, Rice has flown up from Austin. Fuck uh, Rice. <laughs> fucking guys down in Austin, Texas, right now. Took my lift bit. <laughs> You're not the only lift driver comedian, John. <laughs> he doesn't listen. Um, you know, thanks for opening up like that at the end. No, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's honest. That's important, especially right now with COVID. I've got a lot of friends dealing with some really serious mental health issues um, that thankfully they are going to get some counseling. They have looked into some medication. um, And um, I don't think you're a weaker person for that. I think you're a stronger person to say, I need some help right now. Yeah. Um, I I went through therapy. I still go through therapy. Um, Comedy is not therapy. But it sure as hell helps. It definitely helps, especially if you're as you're approaching middle age or uh, have passed I am, middle age. I'm gonna die young. <laughs> um, 
But it, it's like it gives you, or at least for me, it's giving me a second chance at like living a dream because right. I I don't. There's nothing holding either of us back from making good money in comedy, making a living in comedy, to whatever degree that is. Yeah. Uh, except for our, ourselves or this pandemic. <laughs> but, I mean, Jay Inslee. Yeah, I'm but... calling. I'm saying. I'm saying names. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, that's that's all. The only thing that'll stop you. I believe the only thing that will stop you from succeeding in comedy is uh, not putting the work. Unless you just suck at writing jokes. Well, okay, but, but you I know. I mean, there's like one or two, and we can say names. No, yeah. I'm not going to say names. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> God, there's somebody I want to, but I'm not going to. Because um, <laughs> no, I like you're, him you're, or her. You're right. Or no, I mean, we are our worst enemies. We got to get out of our heads, and that's that's why I started the podcast in the first place. A couple years ago, it was just one of those things where I was like, and, and, and Gary Burnshaw, he was like, he was like, one of those things was like, just do it. Like, if you fail now, like I was, I was 35 and I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start doing these. I want to start taking these leaps of faith in myself. And honestly, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right, exactly. You're going to fail. Oh, well, if I never did anything, I still failed. Right. But I never even tried, and I think that's even worse. I When I look back on the fact that I was maybe 10 when I came up with this, this is like the one thing that I'll say uh, about myself that where I had some shit together in my head. When I was about 10, I started saying, if you don't fail at least once a week, you're just not trying hard mm. enough. Because I think that that's true. Because obviously you're never going to be great at anything when you first try it, when you first do it. Yeah. You're going to fail. But so if you're not failing, because I knew a lot of, I've known a lot of people throughout my life that they just don't fail at anything, but they don't do anything. They don't yeah. try anything. Yeah. You're not, you know, and that's fine. If that's, if that's what you're, that's your thing, that's great. Whatever. You no judgment from me. Yeah. You know, some people, some people would, would but, question but my don't decision. Complain. Right. Exactly. Don't complain. That, and that's where I challenge people and say, look, you want, you got to take a risk. Right. And, uh, not to plug a, like a local, like celebrity or whatever. Here we go with the name drops. Macklemore says it. Macklemore said it great. Yeah. Mac. I call him Mac. Madness. <laughs> he said it best in one of his songs. I'm not even going to say what song it was because I don't think I can. But he said, um, the greats weren't great because they can, because at birth they can paint. The greats were great because they paint a lot. There you go. That, that makes perfect sense to me. And I started applying that to like a lot of different aspects of my life. Yeah. Um, when that album came out like 10 years ago. And it was just one of those things where it's like, yeah, either you're going to do something or you're not. And if you're not going to do anything, don't complain about it. Right. Because that's all, that's all on you. My wife questions if I had a midlife crisis two years ago when I started comedy. So and we bought yes. a house. Oh, and dude. I quit my job. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow, that was like a... In that order? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Started comedy. Two months later, bought a house. Quit my job three months after uh, buying the house. And was self-employed for seven months. Doing the the lift during the lift. time, yeah. yeah. Sounds self employed. I'm an entrepreneur. No, d- listen. I mean, I did that for for a while. There was a, a period where I was doing that. I, I you know, I, my you're, goal. You're not a comedian if you didn't drive <laughs> for Lyft or Uber. Right now, I have a fantastic job. It's the best job I've ever had in my life. And what the do cool, you do? Uh, I work for. I, I work in the credit department of oh. a granite gallery oh, okay. company. Cool. Um, not really, but it's, it's just the, the, everything from benefits to schedule to everything. Yeah. But my boss is super cool. She always wanted to do stand up, Um, <laughs> so she's in love with the fact that I'm going out there and doing it. Nice. 
She heard my Me Too joke, and I said, listen, if this ever gets out, I'll sign anything to let them know that it wasn't you. And she's like, <laughs> she's constantly, like, making little references. Like, she'll just send me hashtag Me Too every once in a while. It's kind of a problem. But, uh... <clears throat> and, and here's the best part. She and the company are based near Austin, Texas. So there might be a... But, um... You're not leaving Me Too now, are you? I, I don't... If I, if I move, it's not going to be to Austin, I don't okay. think. Um, I do have sites on, you know, sometime in the next couple of years, probably moving. Yeah, everybody but... wants to move. I don't get to move because I have kids. I mean, yeah. Ashley Gutermuth went up and left. She did. Got famous. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. I was really happy for her. Yeah. She's one of those Ashley, if that... you hear this, I do want you on my podcast. <laughs> She's not going to listen. <laughs> oh well, then never mind. I was going to say a whole bunch of nice stuff about her. Oh, yeah. Screw that. Uh, no, but she's like she's one of those people that puts in the work. So, I'm, so I was so work. happy to like one of my closest friends uh, is a guy who he just made it on the national stage. He started wrestling in 1987, and he just made it on the national stage. Now he's mostly 87, 87, 80, 87 to 89 somewhere there. No, I mean, yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> Don't blame me because your parents waited so long to fuck. Hey, so here's the thing. My mother was 16. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, that's, what's your point? That's what I'm saying. Um, but anyway, he just made it. But I've seen so many people that are really good recently and just, like, good human beings become successful. Uh, have you seen the Davinci twins, speaking of TikTok? No. They're like, Davinci? It's like a whole thing. No. The point is, they went super viral to the point where... Uh, uh, what's his name? The British guy that hosts the show after Colbert. Uh, uh he has referenced them and shown. Frank Ferguson. No, no, it's the guy that took wow. over for Ferguson. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he's like showing them on his show, and he has okay. like a whole segment where he talks about them. Um, they're friends of mine from from Vancouver, BC. I've huh. seen all these people succeed. The the point is, what sucks is when you see someone who is an asshole or doesn't put in the work, and somehow they wind up succeeding. So when I see Ashley Gutermuth of all the people around here yeah. getting mentioned on the Tonight Show and getting shown and Seinfeld friggin' tweeting at her and everything like that, that's cool because she put the work in. She put the work in. <clears throat> I think on that note... We're going to end on gonna, Ashley Gutermuth? We're going to put a bow on that and we're going to say, follow your dreams, stick with it, even if you feel like it's not taking you anywhere because you never know when that door is going to open up. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Friends out there in podcast land, wherever you're listening, in your car, in the bath, at work, because you're just dodging the man, I don't blame you. Um, or if you're dodging the man in your bath. Yeah. For Todd Royce. Can, can I... Yeah. I'm sorry. One, no. One last thing, because I realize you're just... I just want to add to that. Follow your dreams. Follow your heart. Follow me on TikTok. Todd Royce XXL. That's from the bottom of the, uh, the heart. I'm Joe Daddy. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs>